every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly, and sadly, after five straight glorious victory weeks, the Nittany Lions have dropped three straight games, and it's that what-if factor that just deteriorates my mind, that if our QB1 never got injured against Iowa and then heading into the Illinois game, what could have been? It eats me alive, Dave. It eats me alive at night. A season of what ifs, man. And it seems to be going in the reverse of what last year was, where last year was 0-5, ending with triumph. We, this year, as a result, it was 5-0, high, high hopes, high aspirations. Now to going down the toilet very quickly here with three losses in a row. Uh, our Future five or next year to be five star QB uh, prediction didn't come to fruition, so that's not a good sign. Hopefully, not a sign of what's to come with him there. Yeah, yeah. All, right. all right, I got uh, Penn State twenty four, Ohio State twenty one. So, but yeah. a hard fought battle, probably the toughest we've played in Columbus in quite some time. Probably going back to uh, the game where Saquon opened up with the opening kickoff return for a touchdown. We end up one of the best guys. plays ever yeah where we end up losing by a couple that sticks out in recent memory but aside from that probably the toughest this team showed up in columbus ready to play um, yeah. just just tough to see that we didn't come out on the other end obviously 100 percent. you can tell that the guys were giving it their all and it just it, it it comes down to like just a couple plays a couple players missing like i feel that game could go i don't know either way um yeah. stat matt gonna come out here talk about the kid we talk about every week sean clifford um show some guts show some guts out there um but on throws over 20 plus yards which is something we harp on even those 10 10 yard easy out routes that he misses sometimes but on throws over 20 plus yards, which is some asking a lot more of him. He was two for five for 54 yards and the interception. And another weird stat, he never even attempted a pass more than 10 yards or over 10 yards on the right side of the field. So he was just, he never attempted a pass over 10 yards to the right side of the field because one of the best cornerbacks in the nation, Denzel Burke, primarily lurks over there and i guarantee he was trying to uh avoid a pick at all costs from him yeah uh didn't see oh, definitely looked like a much healthier clifford which was a good sign aside from the after especially after coming off that illinois game yep 
would wasn't Clifford the runner, which would have helped the offense even more so with being able to scramble, pick up some key third down, 10 yard, 12 yard scrambles, but was more so Clifford the creator and mm-hmm. the extender, uh, extended some plays to be able to find some guys, some some key drops in there as well. Didn't help him out a ton, but yeah, he, he looked a lot, much more solid than he did in that Illinois game, which when you're looking at the rest of the season and what's to come is a, a hopeful sign that hopefully he's truly back to 100% as we'll get into this week with Maryland. But uh, he battled his ass off. He really did. Just, it just, it could just be where it's just not enough for what this team needs. You know, there's some other position groups that didn't play up to speed offensive line being one to help him out running game obviously but but he he played his heart out yeah it was it was good to see and let me tell you he got no help from the bodies up front no help whatsoever they allowed 18 total pressures 11 qb hurries he got hit three times and had four sacks and his stats sean clifford under pressure six of 17 so that's 35 0.3% completion percentage for 44 yards and an interception and four sacks on those 21 dropbacks. So you compare that to the Ohio state offensive line. They only allowed eight pressures, six hurries, two QB hits, zero sacks allowed. So that just shows the, the game came down to the battle in the trenches and we lost it pretty much on both sides of the field, I would say. Yeah, and the offensive line has had some questions all year. Uh, Some key moments in this game, too, that could have, you know, you could point at and say cost them the game. The the 57-yard scoop and score is one where Caden Wallace and Efner both got blown by and Clifford ended up getting drilled. Yeah. So – Still some question marks there. Uh, Phil Troutwine, offensive line coach, coming in at the end of year two here. So he's going to have to make some key decisions here to not only get what we have in place now right, but also looking forward to the future. Is those some true freshmen, some underclassmen that haven't gotten a lot of playing time, how do we get to a better spot for next year? So over the course of these next few games, you can look at a a Landon Tengwall, true freshman who hasn't gotten any playing time yet with the amount of games that are left. He could get some, get some burn these last couple of games and still preserve that red shirt based on the new NCA rules and really do some shifting, you know, is, is Caden Wallace, who we talked about in episode one as potential has the potential to be one of the best offensive linemen to come through Penn state, mm-hmm. not seeing that yet. Uh, was recruited one of the top offensive guards coming out of high school. They moved him to tackle. So some decisions to make there. Do you move him back to a guard? Uh, yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of key decisions to be made for not only the rest of this year, but also looking forward to the next year. And who's been the offensive line coach? Phil Troutwine. So for, he's coming up. How long? Uh, this will be his second season. I mean, I can't name the last time that we've had a formidable offensive line. Yeah. Like, I can't name the past year that we've had, like, studs on the offensive line so that needs to be addressed clearly and i know we got some young guys who are you know going through some growing pains learning learning the system learning where their strengths fit on the line but i mean it just it's 
like we say, college comes down to coaching. You got to coach these guys up and you got to get them in the best position possible. And the only guy that's really lived up to those expectations this year is Juice Scruggs, to be honest. Uh, the other four have not really lived up to what we hope for in a Penn State offensive line. Yeah. Um, and, and granted, you came into this game already with two losses, but in another year where this <laughs> – as any way you look at it, it's always going to come down to this game every single year, uh, whether yep. Penn State's going to take that next step. So those we hear all the great things, the 2022 class being put up there as number one class in the country. But what they got to be looking at is those guys, especially in the trenches, is the, the guys that they're bringing in. Are they the type of talent level that's going to be able to win that battle in the trenches mm -hmm. at the shoe or or at home? But against Ohio State, are they going to be the difference makers? to get a running game going, to give your quarterback time are the type of talent we're bringing in. Is it, is it good enough to go up against an Ohio state? Cause yeah, that's, we, that's all it comes down to. And we went over the height and weight of the Ohio state yeah. offensive line. That's like a NFL offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, Trayvon just ran all over us. 20 carries 152 yards on a touchdown. That's 5.4 yards per carry. He had four missed tackles forced and almost five yards after contact per rush. Yeah. So that dude was getting, he was getting like three yards per, he was getting three yards past the line of scrimmage before anyone was even touching him, basically. Yeah. Like they just had a superior offensive line. You could just tell that that's, that's really the main difference in the Ohio State echelon of teams and the Penn State echelon of teams is the trench warfare or they just have multiple 300-pound bodies just throwing defensive linemen around. Yeah, and, yeah, so I think that, yeah, like you said, that was pretty glaring. Linebacking group played decent. You saw Jacob, saw Smith flying around. Uh, mm -hmm. Brooks, I think combined they had 22 tackles, two and a half for a loss. Yep. Secondary, granted the the tasks they were given with the talent at that wideout spot, knowing yeah. going into that game. I think they gave what was it one one receiving touchdown on on 22 of stroud's completions yeah alave caught that one alave had the one defense as a whole six red drone uh six red zone trips for the buckeyes only coming away with one touchdown was big so a lot of good that's something to hang, hanging out on yeah um so that red zone defense continuing you know that's what they've been hanging their hat on like you said um uh, for most of the season and it continued against a high-end opponent which is which is big uh, and big don't catch, big break. catch from Jackson and big uh, and Jigba, who I had mentioned as potentially being better than a Wilson Olave, and to see Porter chase him down, I think he got him at their 58-yard gain at the 25. Yeah, uh, and Ohio State only ended up coming out with a field goal on that drive. So defense, like they have been all year, they they showed up ready to go. Uh, we just couldn't get enough on the offensive end to squeak out. Uh, I always hate Ben don't break defense because it. To me, it makes no sense. Like, oh, just let them go down the field into the red zone. But nope, we're not going to break on touchdowns. Like, <laughs> come on, they're going to score on certain occasions. But that was a, that stat proves that that was a, that was a true bend don't break performance. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, moving on from Ohio State, um, I believe the NCAA the NCAA has announced some semifinalists for uh, some of the end of the year awards. Dave, yeah. do you have any of that information? I sure do. 
so they haven't announced all of them yet, but some key uh, Penn State defenders made some lists. Uh, so Brandon Smith, a finalist for the Buckus Award, which is the nation's top linebacker. Love like it. Like said, Brandon Smith, five-star recruit. He's been starting to show it. Uh, so uh, 52 tackles on the year, a uh, couple sacks to his name, a couple pass deflections. So he's he's been big, and especially these last few games, he's been really coming on and kind of showing – that five-star rating yeah and just sure. like we're just like we're looking at for the next few games and what's to come uh would love to see if we can get obviously to continue to see him with that stellar play but seeing some draft boards where he's up as high as a day one pick for uh for the way that he's been playing in the nfl so he has potential where he could be gone next year so obviously love the recognition and that he's in there, but also something to think about is who's, who's going to backfill that void next year. Yeah. Cause um, uh, Ellis Brooks is retro senior Curtis yeah. Jacobs, sophomore. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah, uh, he'll be back, but I think uh prize put uh, he's put Smith in a good spot this year in that position he's got him in, which has allowed him to kind of exploit his strengths. So that's been good to see. Um, then other noteworthy one is our guy, Jaquan Brisker, Quanty B finalists for the Benaric, both the Benaric award top defensive player and the Jim Thorpe award Woo! defensive back. So uh, good to see him in there. He's, he's come a long way. Uh, this additional year has done wonders for him. So yeah. look to look to hopefully see the same next year with Yair Brown, mm-hmm. just looking, you know, he could just look across the field and see what his partner's done. So hopefully he's back. But big year for Quanti B. He's been huge for our success and good to see him get that recognition. Yeah. One thing to say about Quanti B is, he is truly the heart and soul of that defense. And I love that he's such a leader that I feel very confident in Jay Brown taking that step into filling his shoes, not filling his like whole leadership and like crazy plays, like instincts and stuff like that, but just filling that emotional tone that sets the defense, gets the defense going. So Quanti B brings more to the field, brings more off the field than he does on the field in my opinion with his leadership and his yeah just his overall attitude and what he brings to the game the intangibles the intangibles that's that's what i was looking for (laughs) (laughs) uh that's it for the uh the award so far that's it for the awards man uh some other ones been announced right yeah so boletnikov comes out i think they announced the semifinalists on the 15th we know you're looking to see uh Jahan Heasy on that list, leading the Big Ten in catches. Uh, yes, sir. The, the Lou Graza and Ray Guy Award for nation's top place kicker and punter. I think it gets Ooh. announced on the 10th. So hoping to see Jordan Stout on one of those lists. Yeah. Um, Davey O'Brien, top quarterback. Don't see Clifford on there. So don't yeah. Punch in. Running, running back. Uh, I don't think we're going to see anyone. Doug Walker, probably not. Yeah. Doug Walker, no. Um, I wonder. Could Stout possibly win both of those awards for place, kicker, for place kicker and punter? I don't know that it's ever been done. <laughs> we could look that up and see. You have to look it up. Uh, but he's one of the few in the country that are have been asked to do both this year. And he's been mm-hmm. outstanding, more so probably with his punting. Again, last week, I think he was averaging about 49.2 yards a pop, which he's been doing about all year. So would love to see him on that list and have a chance to win that thing. Yeah. God respect. He's uh, a great Penn State punter tradition. 
I of think course, of course. Like Gillikin, I think was special teams player of the week a couple of weeks ago. So nice to see him yeah. kicking around the NFL. Um, so before we preview the Maryland game, we're going to head into what we think now that we're five and three, we know the Rose bowl is not happening. Kiss that goodbye. I would say the peach bowl also kiss that goodbye. So we're going to look at our top bowl game predictions that we think Penn state could end up into at the end of the season. Um, I'm going to say, given that they have a successful end of the season, I know we still have a tough tough schedule, but I'm going to say we pick up a couple more wins and uh, end the season on a high note, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So, uh, Davey, who do you have? What bowls do you have for uh, Penn State lined up as into? Because I have one that I think we're like guaranteed to make. Yeah, so just looking at the landscape of kind of where college football is at, uh, they have still have some opportunities here towards the end of the year to kind of climb the rankings. Uh, they weren't in the opening college football playoff rankings, but like you said, it kissed that goodbye. But yeah, in regards I mean, wait, to wait, wait. how wasn't Wisconsin ranked in there? Wisconsin was 21, Auburn 13. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we lost Illinois and whatever, but we beat Wisconsin. How are they ranked above us? Yeah, so I mean, not not getting the love from the committee in that poll, but from the AP and the coaches poll, still staying in the top 25, did get some love there, only uh, dropping at 22. So looking at the scheme of things, still some resume boosters out there. Uh, you got Michigan, or not obviously got to beat Maryland first, but uh, next weekend you got Michigan at home. Uh, you got Michigan State. So Michigan State up there in the top four. Uh, Michigan still up there. So a chance to kind of climb the rank. So really what we're looking at is best case scenario. I'd call it, I'd call the Outback Bowl, which would put us up. I had that on my list. I had that up against an SEC foe. Uh, So down in Tampa, I don't know if they still have that on New Year's Day or if it's a New Year's Eve bowl now, Uh, but it's still a highly regarded bowl. I think that's a New Year's Year's Day bowl. I think it's a New Year's Day noon bowl. Yeah. Uh, But a formidable bowl game. Uh, it's not the Nabisco cheese it bowl. You know, it's got some. Hey, got hey, some hey, hey, hey. That's, yeah, my, love- that's my favorite bowl of all time. Uh, I love football that commercial. Time. I woke up feeling the cheesiest coach. <laughs> I, yeah, cheese it bowl is my number one bowl. I place the max amount of units I play in bowl season. <laughs> bowl. bowl season is great for betting, I must admit. But uh, so you're looking at maybe an Arkansas, maybe an LSU, Ole Miss. So some good foes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, and you're looking at the the Music City Bowl was another one that I saw. Yep. Uh, I have that on my list too. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl was another I, one. I do so, not want that one. Nope. Just because I want to face an SEC team in a bowl game, just to, I'm still just worried about the recruits. Like I see, like them seeing us lose three games in a row to Illinois, Iowa, and like Ohio State, another like rivalry. Uh, um, recruiting program. I want to face an SEC team and be like, all right, these guys are just as good, if not better, than a lot of the SEC offers that I've been getting. What would be cool is I don't know how it would shake out, but if we did get the Outback Bowl and went up against uh, Kentucky, 
to go yeah. up against Will Levis. Yeah, against and Levis. Get a little redemption from that, from that, yeah, from that last uh, bowl game. So that would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I still love calling him Levi's. <laughs> yeah, he's a psycho now eating bananas whole. But uh, <laughs> the wait, uh, wait, and then wait, the last wait. one I saw was uh, wait, wait. eating bananas whole. You didn't see that segment? No. Oh, uh, they had it on ESPN, or I don't know if he released uh, a TikTok or something like that, but he has this weird fucking thing where he eats a banana whole, peel and everything. Oh, okay. I was, I thought you were, like, my mind went to the gutter. I thought you were talking about, like, getting, oh, no. being like, 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 like throwing a fucking banana yeah, out. Just <laughs> no, I'm talking like, like, down into his stomach. Fighting into a banana. Yeah. Uh, no. So he eats the peel. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's weird, but. That's not as weird as what I was thinking. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now to wrap up, and then the last one I saw was Pinstripe Bowl, uh, which would put us against an ACC opponent. Which with where the yeah, that's my last. That's my last one. That would be that would be my nightmare. I I mean the Pinstripe Bowl is actually the very cool setting, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, very cool atmosphere. They're kind of building up a little tradition there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the last bowl I would want to see Penn State in because I feel like that's kind of the bowl for like. It's like the participation trophy bowl. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you need to play Yankee Stadium, this cool atmosphere, but like you kind of suck this year. So well, you're playing yeah. a six and six Boston College team. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, yeah, something like that. So where so, where do you think we'll end up? I honestly have us in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. I think we're gonna take on uh some of those teams you said, Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, possibly LSU. If they keep mm-hmm. uh keep things up and um no Joe's last hurrah against the Knits. I would ooh, no, I don't wanna I know I don't want to play LSU. Scratch that <laughs> from the record. Um, but yeah, I would love Kentucky. Would absolutely love to face Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. Um their fans will certainly be repping there. Yeah. So let's hope Penn State, I mean, if this happens, let's hope Penn State uh can get down there and force try to make it a 50 50 game i was gonna say that's good destination bowl nashville nashville is a good time so i'm yeah. sure fans would show out always a good time all right and now for the infamous trivia segment last week i got one wrong so i'm now two and one dave is still a perfect three and oh i'm asking the question penn state football 2000 to 2010 history days on the clock to go four and oh on the season i've not yet stumped the croatian bear pressure's on baby here we go so penn state went nine and four in the 2002 season and played auburn in the capital one bowl this freshman quarterback came in after their junior starter could not get the offense going and totaled 61 yards, executing a fourth-quarter drive, ending in a field goal that put the Lions up 9-7. However, they ultimately lost 14-9. Who is this freshman quarterback? Oh. 2002 was the year? 2002 season, yeah. It was, the bowl game is played in 2003, but... Yeah, You, you've used your hint. You only have a phone a friend left. Josh. 
two. I'm just trying to think of how that lines up. All right. I am going to go 2002, 3, 4. Freshman quarterback. All right, I'm going to go with that. It's going to kill me if this isn't it. Is it Zach Mills? Stumped him. No. Got him. No. That quarterback's name is Michael Robinson. Oh, dude. Eventually, yeah. Took over, became probably my favorite Penn State. Oh, Mills was earlier than that, dude. I didn't realize Robinson started in 02. Yeah, that was a a tough one. Fuck, dude. That was a tough one. I'm going to be mad all week about that. Um, all right, so I got one back. We're tied. Nice stump, dude. Nice. But no, wait. I need to get one for us to be tied. Yeah. yeah, that took me. I'm not gonna lie. That took me like a half an hour to write. <laughs> I was I was really trying to stump you. <laughs> the effort paid off. And now we are ready for the Maryland Penn State preview, which in my family is actually a blood rivalry. Half mm-hmm. my family is Maryland people, and half are Penn State. Like literally split. Oh. Down the middle, Penn State, Maryland. So for, for this game, it's Penn State minus 10 and a half. We uh-huh. usually uh, have a bet where every time the opposing team scores, you take a shot, but that's been negated. And uh, <laughs> what for that 59 nothing game? Yeah. That's yeah. That was the exa- My uncle <laughs> was throwing up everywhere. It was, yeah, it was a disaster. Um, the over under is 55 and a half. So I'm thinking a new way that my family could get into the betting spirit without using alcohol to take shots after every touchdown. They can sign up on the Parks Sportsbooks app with promo code Whiteout to get their first bet risk free up to $500. So if one of my stupid Maryland family wants to put 500 bucks on uh, Maryland, they can go ahead and do that using promo code whiteout. And if they lose it, it's free. doesn't matter. So we got five and three Penn state heading to bird stadium, which I think they changed now because uh, I think the guy they named it after was like a huge racist and <laughs> pro segregation shit like that. So, so I think it's university now, of Maryland stadium. <laughs> Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, so we're facing also five and three Maryland Terrapins, and both of us are two and three in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Not something. I mean, I have been kind of hyped up Maryland all year, saying they have talent and stuff like that, but I would never have expected us to have the same record at this point in the year. I remember you had said, I think it was, or it was episode one where you had predicted we'd lose in Columbus and then lose it back to back to Maryland. I don't think any of us thought that we'd be at risk of losing four in a row. No, no, no. That was week one. I think I was a little premature. It was the Illinois game. The Illinois game gave me those vibes. That was the loss. Then the Ohio State loss. Now we're back on the win track. Okay. So let's just go over Let's just go over Maryland's offense a little, uh, see what we're dealing with. They're averaging 431.1 yards per game. So pretty prolific offense under uh, Tua's younger brother, Talia Tagovailoa. 
but they're also surrendering 402.5 yards per game, which you'll get into later with that defense. Um, but Talia, man, he's, he's the real deal. He's right now in the season. He is a 70.2 completion percentage, yeah. 298 yards per game and a 17 to eight or 17 touchdown to eight interception ratio. And the most absurd stat that I found on him is he thrives under the blitz. He's completing 72.2% of his passes when blitzed for 849 yards and 11 touchdowns, only one interception. And of those passes that he's attempted when blitzed, eight of them have been dropped by his receiver. So tough, heady guy that we're going against. Our linebackers are definitely going to have to be keen on him, reading his uh, audibles, you know, trying to get just any kind of break on what he's about to do. It's with a pretty depleted receiving corps still. Yeah, they lost um, their top two. Demis. Yeah, who's this? And uh, Deshaun Jones. Yeah. Huge guy. Deshaun Jones, another reliable guy. Four-handed receiver. But they've had had they've had guys fill in, um, mainly Rakeem Jarrett, just a speed demon, um, quick in and out of his breaks, just complete over the top threat that we have to be wary of at all times during this game. Um, another guy that forced us last year, 140, uh, yeah, 144 yards, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah, so we know what he can do. Yeah. Hopefully, they study the film and compensate for that but they also have this kid who stepped up last game had eight catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns against indiana primarily playing in the slot carlos carrere carrere carrier carrier something like that Mm -hmm. has terrific hands and it seemed like in that indiana game he was talia's like new safety blanket when he was under pressure stepping out of the pocket, he would always find Carrier, uh, <laughs> just finding gaps in the zone, just finding ways to get open against man when the play broke down. So he seems like the real deal. And he, had, he only had seven catches all year going into that last game. So yeah. up to his season total and then some. Yeah, really good game alive. Um, at running back, they got Tayon Fleet Davis, who is a terrific dual threat back but can also break some tackles and just run over defensive backs in the open field if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, and his partner in crime is Challen Famatao. Well, saying that last name. He's 5'11", 225 between the tackle back, uh, which has been a concern, honestly, for me, with P.J. Mustafer going down. Um, I've noticed that backs have been getting – chunks and chunks of yards against against us at a pretty consistent pace yeah so this guy might be a problem uh if he's continuing to put out four or five yards per per carry Mm -hmm. and the last thing i want to say about their offense is they have only given up 15 sacks this season which is surprising penn state's given up 18 yeah um but Tali is not really using his legs effectively. He's not, he's, he's creating, creating plays out of nothing, but he's not running the ball very well. Um, 
not really scrambling as much, not using his legs to his advantage. So I think we can get some pressure on him and kind of make him uncomfortable in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And the weak spot I found on their line is left guard Mason Lunsford. He's allowed four sacks, 12 pressures, which leads the team. So I think that's the guy we got to target on the defensive line, go over him. Mm-hmm. And then AK and Jesse Lucetta have to, to deal with two just behemoths at tackle. Jalen Duncan, 6'6", 315. Only two sacks allowed in the year. And then Spencer Anderson, 6'5", 330. Mm. Only one sack allowed. So a tough test for our defensive line. But if anyone's going to break these guys down for their first game, it's going to be AK and Luketa. <clears throat> yeah, those are some big terps, man. Big old but... terps. I don't know what they're feeding them down there, but they're, yeah, <laughs> huge. <laughs> Um, and then one last stat before I throw to you for the defense. They actually have more sacks on the season than Penn State this year. Uh, they have 23 on the year. We have 15. So, again, game in the trenches. On, pa- on paper, it looks like they have a slight advantage, but paper means nothing when you get on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so just flipping into the defense, like you said, 23 sacks on the air. It's fourth best in the Big Ten. Um, so they do like to get after the quarterback. Uh, most of their leading tacklers do come from their secondary. Um, so Nick Cross is one. He's a junior defensive back. Uh, 46 tackles on the air, two picks, uh, forced fumble. So wreaks some havoc back there. Jordan Mosley, uh, another senior defensive back. Uh, Tarheeb Still. Uh, eight pass deflections on the year. Um, so very good in coverage. Corian Bennett, um, another guy with two picks. So he's solid. And then on the D line, really their pressure does come from their interior. So Sam Okinawe uh, with five sacks on the year. And then Mosiah Nasili Kite or Kite, uh, four sacks on the year. Are they D, uh, D tackles? Yeah, interior D linemen. Don't like uh, that. Don't like that. I know, right? Uh, don't get a lot of production out of their linebackers. Uh, they got a sophomore, Ruben Hippolyte, and then a mom McCullough, um, but nothing really to write home about. So really it's, it's some strong play from their defensive backs, but again, they lead the team in tackles. They do give up a ton of pass yardage uh, per game right now, 264 yards per game, 102nd in the nation. So hoping to see some more out of cliff this week, some big plays dialed up from, from your uh, 34.7 points per game. So it's 111th in the nation. So they are prone to the big play, giving up a lot of yards through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, red zone defense is their strong point. Uh, 26th in the nation uh, at 77%. Uh, so Damn. they're also a bend but don't break uh, defense with their backs against the wall. So really you're going to have to hit them early in drives and with those long plays. Um, yeah. So uh, offense just needs to keep churning and getting those yards. It's another opportunity <laughs> to get the ground game going, but how last week went with 29 carries, 33 yards, I don't know that they're going to write the ship this week. Uh, so it's our boy Cliffy. Uh, Got to keep showing yeah. that, he, that he's healthy and get the ball into those playmakers' hands uh, to Parker and, and to Jahan. 
and the offensive line, man, they got to give him protection. Yeah. His stats under pressure are, are just not good. Like he needs a clean pocket, he needs those safe throws. Yeah. It's going to be like after losing three games, you're going to be nervous for any next opponent. But this one, for some reason, just feels weird. I don't know. I've had in the back of my mind at the beginning of the season, it just feels like a weird game. I don't want to go to what? Well, I don't want to go to five and four. No chance. Don't want to do that at all. One good thing we do have in our favor is our last two trips to College Park score differential 125 to three. And that includes that 59 nothing blowout when Maryland had just cracked the top 25 for the first time. So do have that in our favor. And I think okay. we're. I think I saw okay. I think it was 14 and one overall in College Park. So we handle business very well when we play at Maryland. So do have that going for us along with the three game skid that I know are hoping that these guys want to snap. So those cards should line up nicely, provided that everyone stays healthy and we roll into this week coming out strong. So yeah, line for the game right now. As of Wednesday, is Penn State minus 10 and a half. Sign up on the Parks Sportsbooks app with promo code WHITEOUT, and you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. So hearing those stats, if you put $500 on Penn State minus 10, might profit a little bit there. Sign up and hammer that fucking 10 and a half, because what do you got to lose, baby? Dude, and speaking <laughs> of hammering, we're going on to week 10 week 10 10 baby week 10 of the big 10 betting bonanza and you better believe you're going to want to put in that promo code to tail our bets because we are absolutely killing it big 10 betting bonanza dishing out locks no (laughs) premium upcharge just one listen and you get the locks big 10 betting bonanza up next we are here at week 10 of the Big Ten betting bonanza, and we have a little swap at the leaderboard. Uh oh! As I have taken over the lead after I don't know how many weeks of being in second place and fighting back. Last week I hit Rutgers minus one and a half. By the way, we both went six and zero oh mm-hmm. in uh just to throw that out there in our Big Ten betting parlay. So again. If you want some free money, sign up on the Parks Sportsbook app with promo code WHITEOUT to get your first bet risk-free up to $500. And we are men walking on fire right now. So take some of our picks, maybe put it into your Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Let the money roll through. We'll tell you exactly what to bet. Just follow, just follow along, baby. We are Big Ten experts. We know all these teams better than they know themselves. <laughs> So last week I went Rutgers minus one and a half, covered easily. Minnesota minus seven and a half, covered easily. Mm-hmm. Michigan State plus four, but I took the money line, sketchy. Ooh. Bang, three and oh. And then not to be outdone, Dave, three and oh as well. He had the over 50 and a half in the uh, Michigan Michigan State game, which hit. Purdue plus seven and a half, who won outright, I believe. Uh-huh. Doing money line there, we could be all tied yeah. up. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. 
And then the uh, under 59 and a half in the Penn State game, which hit by, I think, two and a half points. It was right up there. Yeah, 30, 33, 24, so 57. Yeah. Yeah. So you were right I was, I was just going for the, the check swing singles. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I am at 19 points. Dave's at 17 points. Ugh. But we both went 6-0. and oh. So enter that code whiteout and get some free money. Because here we go with the Week 10 Betting Bonanza Bets. Dave, do the honors. I'm starting us off big here. All right. Wisconsin, they're riding high. They're at number 21 college football playoff rankings. They're five and three. But they're strolling in to New Brunswick, New Jersey, where the Shiano man trying to get the Rutgers Scarlet Knights right. I'm going Rutgers money line. Give it to me. Rutgers plus 13. Plus 13. Fuck that. I want the money line. Give it to wow. me. Wow. I was literally writing down Wisconsin for your bet right there. <laughs> Great pull of shade. Rutgers. I gotta, get that lead back. I gotta get that lead back. Damn. Now this makes my pick look like a little wuss pick. I'm taking <laughs> Rutgers plus 13. Uh-huh. I gotta I gotta go with it. I saw that too. Okay. The Wisconsin boys don't know the mean streets of East Brunswick. They're not ready for this Rutgers team. They're replaying some dirty, dirty football, and they're going to get it done. They might pull it out and win it, but I think it's going to be a scrappy, scrappy football game. And, uh, yeah, I think they keep it close. Probably lose by 7-10, hopefully, just so I can keep this lead in the competition. So, um, for those keeping score at home, Rutgers, Saturday, bet them. Giddy up. On Parks Sportsbook app. So, Dave, your second pick. By the way, a note on that Wisconsin Rutgers game. I don't know if you saw the over under is thirty eight, so that should be a it went real down. Big Ten 30, November thirty seven and a half. <laughs> <clears throat> Wait, so yeah, so you're basically if you're betting Wisconsin minus thirteen on a thirty seven and a half point spread, you're basically saying Wisconsin is going to blow them the fuck out. Yeah. Right. Basically, basically yeah. Or that just Rutgers is not going to score against their defense, uh-huh. which could happen, but. Rutgers won't put a put up a goose egg in the friendly confines of New Brunswick. They will never. They will they, never. They will never. <laughs> they can't. All right. Uh, number two. So I am going with – so my season-long over six-and-a-half win bet not looking good for Northwestern. <laughs> but still on the fuck Iowa train, Northwestern plus 12. Ooh, baby. The Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes Whoa. are going down the tubes quick. They're dropping down that elevator shaft. I'm going with Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats. Plus 12, baby. Any bet against Iowa is a good bet to me. Hate that team. Hate it. Max, Max Mom. Yeah, seriously. Get that, that fucking guy. That over under 40 and a half is kind of tempting, too. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take Northwestern, that might be a little a nice little yeah. parlay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, so, for my... Second bet, I'm going to stick with what has been working for me. I'm going to go with the Golden Gophers once Ooh. again. Row the, the boat, boat again. Uh-huh. Further, further down the river. 
So right now, Wednesday, it's minus 14 and a half, which I, I hate because I hate that, that hook, but I'm going to swallow it anyway. 14 and a half, Minnesota at home against Illinois. Illinois, I mean, I think their season has been completed. They beat Penn State. I think everything after that is just cupcakes and butterflies. They don't really give a shit. Minnesota is still hunting for potentially like a New Year's Day or a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day Bowl. So I think they absolutely stomp them at home. Minnesota minus 14 and a half. Row the boat. That's my third straight week of picking Minnesota, by the way. And they've hit twice. Might want to change it. <laughs> Would it be up to three and oh that I've been betting on them? No, fuck, fuck Illinois. Fuck them. 14 and a half. All right. Your last pick. Pick number three. We've been saying it all along. I'm going to stick to it. Stick to the guns. Fuck sketchy lines. Sparty minus three. Yep. Against Purdue. Give it to me. I don't believe in them. Halloween's over. Superstition's out the window. Sketchy lines aren't a thing. The definition of a sketchy line. Definition of a sketchy definition. So I'm going to defy science when Sparty covers this spread here. Yeah, we are no more sketch lines. We're done. We're picketing. No more sketch lines. It's just Um, Vegas holding out the carrot, and I'm chopping that carrot. I'm taking (laughs) (laughs) it. I was looking at the same game, and throughout my entire betting history, this is a game where I would take Purdue plus three all day, every day. But as I've grown wiser and learned to not just go all after these sketch lines, I'm going to do Purdue first half money line. Ooh, okay. I think Purdue's defense has their run defense has enough to stop Kenneth Walker from scoring five touchdowns in this game. Um, I think they're going to be prepared for that run game. And it just all comes down to their offense, being able to put up some points before the half, uh, before Michigan, you know, starts making adjustments and, and rolls away with it, which I think is going to happen. But um, yeah, the home field advantage, big 10 opponent, always got to factor that into games. I'm just hoping Purdue can hang on, have a couple trick plays, you know, maybe a punt return for a touchdown and get that like 10-7 halftime lead, and then Michigan State can roll from there. Get the West Lafayette, Indiana faithful rocking. <laughs> All righty. So we have both gone 7-2 and two in the past nine weeks. Um, all of our bets on the YouTube channel are will be under us as you watch it. Um, we'll tweet them out from our Twitter account, Whiteout Weekly. And thank you guys again for joining us for another epic Big Ten betting bonanza battle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and tuning in to Whiteout Weekly. We will be back every week with more Penn State news and information. And once again, I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us. Luigi, signing out. See you guys.